Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It's 105, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce site. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. We will tell you that... uh, Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton, South Downtown, Northside, and Short Park. Before we go to Brian Lawton on our River Cree Resort Casino hotline, we're going to go to our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Heartland Ford with over $10 million in new and pre-owned inventory. One of the largest volume Ford dealers in Alberta. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. Two and a half weeks ago, we had Brian Lawton, the uh, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, now with the NHL Network, started up Octagon's hockey division, uh, a number one overall pick in the NHL entry draft. And at the end of the interview, Brian said, hey, Bob, by the way, uh, remember the name Dave Tippett. And this was just after um, Kelly McCrimmon had elected, uh, well, not elected, was promoted by the Vegas Golden Knights to be GM before we knew that Ken Holland was going to be the GM in Edmonton. So Dave Tippett's name has been out there basically, thanks in large part to Brian Lawton for the last two and a half weeks. And the general perception is that the jo- you know Tippett's the number one front runner for the job. Lots of people have some thoughts on Dave Tippett. This text comes in. Bob, you of all people, says the texter, know that the how the old school approach to coaching has worked in Edmonton. Tippett's style won't work with these players. Both his teams regressed under him. He missed the playoffs in his last five seasons in the desert. Holland didn't even interview uh, Todd Nelson. Is that true? Has he even talked to Connor McDavid yet? Uh, see you in the same spot in three or four years. For me, it's not wait and see. I actually don't even feel like an Oilers fan anymore. So obviously that texter is thinking that Dave Tippett is one way, 
Brian Lott knows Dave a little bit. We're going to bring Brian in. Brian, thanks for waiting. I know you're on the air here at 4 o'clock. How are you doing? And welcome back to the show. I'm doing fantastic, Bob. And uh, I just finished watching a couple of Blues-Boston games from the regular season. So we're getting all wired up here for the Stanley Cup Finals at NHL Network. Well, we'll, we'll hit on that in a second. Uh, what would you say to the people out there, and I know you heard the text, uh, that are saying that they think Dave Tippett's an old-school coach and a defensive coach, and that's not the sort of coach that would theoretically work here in Edmonton? I would say that's false information. I know Dave better than, you know, a little bit. I was teammates with him in the Hartford Whalers. Some people equate Dave defensively because he was a defensive specialist as a player. But as a coach, uh, the thing I like about Tip is that he's one of these guys. There's two types of coaches. The coaches that want to coach the way they coach, and they don't care who they have on the roster. And there's coaches that are flexible that are going to figure out where the strengths are on the roster and then they're going to coach the team appropriately, meaning that they may be more defensive-minded or they may be more offensive-minded. Tip is the latter. He's a guy that uh, if somehow he ever did end up coaching the Oilers, and and I certainly don't know if he's going to, but if he did, uh, they'd be really lucky to have him. He's a forward thinker. He's a great communicator. And I would expect, uh, knowing Tip as well as I do, that uh, the Edmonton Oilers would reach new heights and be as exciting as as you've ever seen them. He would want to utilize the weapons that they have. And uh, the whole thing about offensive-defensive, to me, is overblown. I've just watched the games for St. Louis and Boston. And these two teams, the strength of both of them is rooted in the defensive side of the puck for both of them, and they're in the final, so you can figure it out from there. Well, Brian, at the end of the day, the Edmonton Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs if they have the, the same goals against average and the same save percentage as they had this past year, right? I mean, they finished eighth in the NHL in goals against in 2016-17. Cam Talbot was fourth in the league in Vezina voting that year. That is the major reason why the team made the playoffs. With all due respect to Connor McDavid's MVP season, uh, if you can't keep the puck out of the net, you're not going to make the playoffs, so it starts there. But what you're saying is that Tippett does have some offensive flair, and it's been a little bit dependent. His his career trajectory has been a little bit dependent upon the actual rosters that are assembled in front of him. Yes, that's absolutely correct. I mean, you can go back to his teams in Dallas. You can go back to the uh, young stars in the World Cup where Tippy was a coach on that team with Todd McClellan, for that matter, and uh, Tip's knowledge of the offensive guy. A lot of times, you know, you have tough guys that are not coaches as don't coach really that way. You have guys that were skilled players that coach tough. You have guys that were defensive players that are more offensive minded. I would say Dave Tippett is way more offensive minded than your one texter was giving him credit for. Okay. Uh, is it your belief? I mean,. <laughs> And we've discussed this with Brian Burke. We've discussed this with lots of different people out there in terms of the, you know, John Shannon, the the interest in the position in Edmonton. At the end of the day, there's, I mean, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are pretty special players. There's probably lots of guys around the league that would like the opportunity to coach those guys, wouldn't there be? Anybody that wants to coach in the NHL would never say no to the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion. 
Not if you're out there right now and you're looking for a job. It's a very attractive job with Connor and Leon. And quite frankly, I just think the whole Edmonton is doomed, is jinxed, this, that, or the other thing is way overblown. I expect this team to be in the playoffs next year. Uh, you can call me back on this day and ask me how that came out. But uh, when I look at their roster, when I look at where they're at, uh, there's no reason why they won't be. I, I'm i not oblivious to a very poor run that they went on. And Peter Shirelli's a smart guy. He just, he just had in a short sample size or long, however you want to look at it, a number of kicks at the can, and he just couldn't get it going. Bob Nicholson had to make a change from that. There's no doubt about it. And a lot of good people lost their jobs. But that happens in the business, and people recognize it. But in terms of the future, there's no reason why this team uh, is not going to – it'll be a surprise to some people and not as surprising to others. I won't be surprised when they're doing well next year. From the NHL Network, Brian Lawton, and uh, that's what I watch when I'm down in the States. Uh, I wish we uh, still had it up here in Canada. All right, uh, Brian, uh, you mentioned the St. Louis-Boston series. How do you see it playing out here? How do you see the two teams? Well, interestingly, we have to do our little bracket before the playoffs start, and I had Boston versus St. Louis in the finals. Come on, did you Uh, really? (laughs) I, I have it sitting on my desk here. I've been rubbing it into a few of the other analysts because I know how incredibly lucky you have to be to pick it, especially after this year's finals uh, playoffs because, you know, the series were all so close. It's, it's random luck. I'm joking. I'm being facetious about it in terms of that. But as far as do I have a bracket that was online, do I only have – one, because I've been accused of that. Yes, I only have one bracket. So you, you might be the St. only Louis guy I know. Why did you like St. Louis and Boston so much going into the playoffs? Uh, I felt that Boston was going to beat Tampa. That was the swing for me. I did not think that Columbus would beat Tampa. But I felt that Boston was the best team in the East. They finished second overall in the league, tied with the Calgary Flames, but still second. And uh, from wire to wire, they had outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I thought made some serious mistakes by not adding D at the trade deadline, uh, they had the strongest team in the National Hockey League, one that I felt the best about. The team that was best from January forward was the St. Louis Blues. They got the most points of the league. From that point forward, from January 3rd forward, the St. Louis Blues had 65 points. The Tampa Bay Lightning had less. The Boston Bruins had less. That's why I took them. I love the things Craig Bruby's been able to do since he's been in there. Obviously, Jordan Bennington's been incredible, but uh, I believe it or not, I do try to give it a lot of thought. Um, this year, you know, I, it, it is what it is. I had San Jose and St. Louis in the Western Conference Finals. That was a close series, but St. Louis won. I had Boston versus Pitt in the Eastern. Obviously, Pitt, I was dead wrong on that. They got swept in the first round. Brian, I am uh, two for 12 so far. I went one one and seven in round one. One and seven. The only one I got right was St. Louis, Winnipeg. Yeah, we all, we all, hey, look, for all the fans out there, please don't, don't, don't gamble on hockey. It's the hardest sport in the world. It's so even, this league. That's the way they want it. And, you know, quite frankly, that's why I'm bullish 
at the Edmonton Oilers because the league is closer than you think. And even though fans may feel like they were far away this year, you're closer than you think. Well, I, now that you've got Ken Holland as GM, he's going to come up with a great coach, whoever it is. I think it'll be Dave Tippett, but I don't know. Um, I just think that's the guy I would select. And I know all the excellent other coaches out there, but I just feel like this is the right situation for the Oilers to have Dave as their coach. And it's the right situation for Dave, who has other options to come in and coach there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, right? Because it, uh, you know, Christmas time, after the Oilers lost Clefbaum and Russell, the team went into the tank. They were actually in, you know, they were in a playoff spot, 18-12-3, when Oscar went out of the lineup. It was a game in Colorado. It was on December the 9th. And I remember I put out when the team was 18-18-3, I reminded people that the Oilers back in 91-92 had the exact same record and made it three rounds into the playoffs. And all I got was, you know, Stauffer, you're an incredible homer, which, you know what, hey, I want to see the Oilers do well, so call me a homer then. But the fact of the matter is St. Louis had a worse record, and it made it all the way to the They did. So. <laughs> they did. Winning 11 in a row, uh, you know, that doesn't hurt. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. They were in shambles. So and a lot of us pundits were dead wrong on them because we all picked them to do well over the summer, yeah. and they embarrassed us for a half a season, and then we looked smart again. There you go. Uh, we don't get we don't get too carried away with that stuff. So tell me this: as a former player, and I don't know if it's as much an issue today as maybe when you played, but the the break that Boston has had does that work to their advantage or against them? Like, would you be concerned about a guy like Tuukka Rask losing some momentum based upon how strongly he played? Because right now he's probably the con's my favorite. I've never seen Tuukka play better in the National Hockey League. It's obviously not a good. Nothing good can happen for the Bruins with that long a break in terms of Tuukka Rask and in terms of their team. In my opinion, they're going to have to jump back into it as quick as they can. Uh, you know, look at the teams that swept and got swept, right? The Islanders, they swept the first round and got swept by Carolina. Carolina swept the Islanders and got swept by the Bruins. These are teams that had the longest breaks. It hasn't played well this year, and it hasn't played well over the years. Uh, this is one of the longest in the history of the game for the Bruins. Can they jump back in? They're a veteran team. They're well-coached. they got a ton of depth. They're very, very healthy right now. They have a lot of things going for them. Um, and yet I feel like the St. Louis Blues got the perfect amount of rest just by pure luck of having to go six games with San Jose. Yeah, I, it's going to be intriguing to me. Uh, these are also two teams that have a degree of, and we discussed this a bit with Brian Burke yesterday, Brian. Uh, Brian Lawton joining us from the NHL Network. Just about the physicality. and you know, the, Are we seeing clearly that the games play differently in the regular season than it is in the playoffs? And it's also officiated differently in the regular season than it is during the playoffs. And you need a little bit different type of team in the playoffs to be successful. I think this is a pretty clear example of that, Bob. It's, uh, it feels like it's exaggerated this year. It's been a tough year officiating-wise. Things that have popped up you know, have always been in the system, but we've never really been exposed. You know, We've got some weakness in terms of the, the optionality that our referees have to make calls, whether it's headshots, uh, you know, reviews, things like that. Uh, we've got some work to do. I think it's going to be a watershed moment personally for the National Hockey League. Uh, you got a lot of smart people there. They're going to recognize it, and we're going to see changes in the future. I don't know what they will be or when they might happen, but I, I firmly believe that in my opinion. I call it how I see it. Uh, the fans know you're not going to BS the fans. 
uh, especially the passionate fans in places like Edmonton. So um, it's been tough this year in some respects, but I think it's going to be a good thing long term. Brian, i got to ask you this. I'm heading off to the Combine next week to uh, uh, Buffalo. Um, you went number one in the 1983 draft. Now, as I recall, there was not a formal Combine back then. Is that correct? That is 100% correct. The Combine was actually created by a, a number of different people, one of them of which was a guy like Craig Patrick way back when. So, And I've heard the stories of these guys, but we didn't have it at 83. And, um, you know, it was just a lot of meet and greet. I was obviously one of the top-rated players. Uh, I remember meeting with all types of different people, uh, but nowhere near the in-depth processes that we have now with clubs. Clubs do a great job now. It was still the Wild West back then, and that's probably, uh, you know, just that's probably part of how I got selected first overall. I was playing in high school hockey. That was tough to judge against, but the due diligence wasn't nearly as deep as it should have should have been or could have been. Are you, to, I mean, is, is part of you happy that they didn't poke and prod away at you and have you sit there and do all these physical tests? Because, I mean, it's tough for, um, you know, theoretically, and I don't know how much he's going to, uh, there's a kid that's playing for Halifax. Uh, what's his name? Raphael. Anyways, he's he's a, a big, strong, uh, you know, six foot four winger. He's going to be playing until Sunday, and then he's going to go straight to Buffalo for the uh, uh, Raphael Lavoie, he, and, and then he's going for the combine. Then you have other guys that have been done for two months, and they've been able to hit the gym. I mean, that's got to, you know, that's got to be a little bit uh, psychologically challenging for kids of that age, don't you think? I do think it is, but I wish we had a combine. Uh, there was just such limited information back then. I think it's good for the kids to see where they're at, see how they slot in. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It really, truly isn't. Now, teams are smart enough in today's world, Bob, to realize that. Yeah. And it happens every year when there's kids in the Memorial Cup, and that's always a big point of angst. I cover the draft for the for the national uh, for the NHL Network. I'll be there. I am about two thirds through my processes yeah. in terms of prep. There's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, but I really look forward to that. That is one thing that I absolutely enjoy. I also do the finals, so it's a tough time of year for me, but these are two assignments I look forward to very heavily. One final one for you. In your role with Tampa Bay during the interview process, and I know you you, you coached kids with Octagon probably a little bit as to how to do the interviews, Uh, you don't have to name the player, but was there one interview that just makes you chuckle to this day in terms of how awkward it was, or uh, did you have any personal experience like that? Uh, we had one interview. <laughs> I don't want to say what player, but it was it was riveting. I'll give the fans a hint. It was somebody that's on the Oilers <laughs> way back when, and it was just very, very intriguing. Uh, you know, I, I I I don't have a right to talk about anything that was really private in those types of meetings. So I apologize to all fans listening. But uh, riveting is an understatement. All right, the fans. We'll let the fans text you who it was. All right. Brian, hey, we appreciate the time. Thank you for opening up the Pandora's box there and giving us a topic for the show. <laughs> Enjoy the Stanley Cup final. We'll uh, we'll see you down the road, okay? Appreciate it, Bob. Thank you very much. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, the number one overall pick in the 1983 NHL draft.
you heard the self-deprecation with Brian talking about they might have wanted to do a little bit more research. Steve Eiserman uh, went fourth. Uh, Pat LaFontaine went third in that uh, 83 draft. Um, and Brian was general manager of the uh, Buffalo, of the Buffalo, he's going to be in Buffalo, of the Tampa Bay Lightning in uh, 2008 and 2009. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So that might shed some insight in the time frame. 124 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This text comes in on our Heartland Ford text line at 127. Bob, Miles here. Just wanted to tell you, every time I hear Brian Lawton, I marvel at how insightful and intelligent he is. He's deliberate. He's a great guest. Uh, thanks for having him on. That text comes to us from uh, Miles. So, hey, I like having him on, too. Gives us a little bit different perspective. Um... Not a lot of guys, and, and I mean, he he jokes around a bit about being the number one. He hey, he had a decent NHL career. The guys that went third and fourth had better NHL careers, and it is a different world. A lot of people don't think he was given enough time in Tampa Bay to see what he could do, but they had an ownership change, and he was heavily vested with the ownership group in Tampa in 2008. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Uh, we'll get to a couple more texts, but Cam Moon's coming up on a red ear to talk about the WHL and why their champions keep struggling at the Memorial Cup. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.